Welcome to the Evolution of Parenting. I'm Irona. I'm Robert. And we're both advanced certified life coaches who met during our certification program. Through our coaching sessions, we connected as parents from two different perspectives. Robert is the parent of adult children, and I am the parent of a five-year-old. We both recognize that the role of parenting never stops, but it does change. In fact, it has to change. And if we've developed a strong and healthy relationship with boundaries and a strong sense of autonomy, we will remain with our children forever, long after we're gone. So what makes this podcast unique? Well, we think it's the stories that come from our parenting experiences and our perspectives that each of us have, as well as our backgrounds in child development and education. Each episode will explore a different topic related to parenting, and we hope that to give you, the listener, some insight and takeaways and how you can relate this to your experiences as a parent. Today's episode is about integrity and how it relates to our role as a parent and raising our kids. Yeah, so we had a slight disagreement, but I think we're good now. We, <laughs> we are good. We were trying to figure out whether we should talk about integrity first or curiosity first, but we both came to the realization that without integrity, our kids cannot feel confident and comfortable exploring um, through self-exploration and curiosity. So we really want to hone in on integrity today. And I've been thinking a lot about this from a, a purely human evolution survival component integrity if you really think about it it's a lot about our own personal self boundaries and how we get comfortable with those self boundaries when when we were long ago evolution created us as human beings who um needed to survive so a part of our survival instinct was realizing we needed to rely on other people in order to survive. And as a result, we built more tribalistic components to that to be able to be reliant on one another. Mm -hmm. And I, I think personally within that started to build this sense of self and self-awareness that, oh, well, if I need this other person to survive, I'm not going to treat them badly because then they're not going to help me survive. And as we've grown as a civilization, that's grown into what we now really understand integrity to be. So when I think about it from a parental perspective, the reason why I believe integrity really comes first is because it's about our boundaries. If we are not, if we don't have any integrity, you know, let's say that's really our own self-awareness of where we believe things to be right and we believe things to be wrong inherently and how we treat other people. Um, and in how we treat ourselves too, because we can batter our own personal integrity and do harm to ourselves just as easily as we can harm others. Um, but it really kind of honed in on a lot of things that I was thinking about. Well, okay, I'll tell you a funny story. So yesterday I picked up Connor from school and he says to me, he, he and a friend were fighting at school. And I said, you were what? You were fighting? And he says, yeah, I don't know why. We were just, you know, he was kicking me and hitting me. And then I, and I'm like, and what did you do? And I was trying so hard not to build judgment into my voice. I was trying so hard. I just wanted to like lean in with understanding, well, what was happening? Well, you know, and after a lot of question and answer, because, you know, kids, they don't always know how to explain all the parameters for what was mm -hmm. happening. 
apparently they were play finding. They were just both curious about, you know, like doing that with each other. And I'm like, well, if he kicked you, what did you do? And he was like, well, I didn't really kick him and hit him back. I just, it was, was, I don't know why we did it. And, and I'm like, okay, well, what did the teacher say? And he's like, they, they didn't say anything. And I'm like, okay, I'm still not entirely sure about what occurred, but usually when somebody hurts Connor, he will come to us and tell us about it. Mm. So this sounded a lot more like they were exploring with each other. And, and he doesn't have any siblings. And I know that the little boy that he was doing that with has an older sister. So maybe they don't really do that, you know, and they were really, they were exploring the boundaries of physical interaction with one another, Mm -hmm. but that's really what it came down to. And I, I had to like, I want, I didn't want to judge. I didn't want to make assumptions about what did or didn't happen. I didn't get a reach a call from the teacher or anything like that. So I know (laughs) it wasn't something that was like crossing boundaries, but it really started making me think about this whole integrity thing. And how Mm -hmm. do we teach our kids that? You know, when I was younger, I made a lot of mistakes and I did things that crossed my own personal integrity. And I know they also um, hurt other people as well. I feel bad for that, you know, and, and same thing with exploration of different things that I think, you know, I could have definitely potentially some of the things I crossed boundaries with had the potential to do harm towards others, but luckily they didn't. Mm. And then other people have definitely harmed me in my past. Mm. And as a result, I've built up certain mindsets around these things, these occurrences, these instances. And as a result, that's something that I also want to pass down to Connor, making sure he doesn't hurt other people physically, making sure he also watches how he speaks to other people is really important and how he interacts with them. And the kindness should always be the leader here. What's interesting is my husband is worried about that turning into Connor being a person who ends up getting walked on himself. Mm not sticking up for himself. If somebody mm-hmm. is, so when I told him about the th- situation, my husband was like, well, Connor, what did you do? Did you fight back? Did you, you know, and he was, he's very worried about Connor becoming somebody who will get walked on. And as we go along in life, I think that when it comes to integrity at the end of the day, I would rather know I didn't walk upon somebody else. And I can figure out how to protect myself from being tread upon now. So I think it's first, because we're very egocentric when we're young, kids are, they're very, everything is, the world revolves around them. That's an automatic thing with our survival instinct. I think it's actually more important to teach them integrity outward first, because they will gain the self-awareness, because they already are hardwired for the survival instinct to kick in to take care of their own needs first. Yeah, this I think that story is a great illustration of why we flipped this uh, originally to do, we were going to do curiosity first and then integrity. But as we were talking about curiosity, we realized that curiosity can lead us into some really dark places as well, um, often even becoming an excuse for some really crappy behaviors. Mm-hmm. Um, so to talk about integrity first, and I, and I love the way that you illustrated the story with his curiosity of, hey, I wonder what it feels like to get hit by this stick or whatever it was, or, 
you know, whatever the elements were right. that they were using in the fight. Um, and I wonder what someone would do if I hit them with this stick. That's a curiosity thing, right? He's like, I've never done this before. Let's see what it feels like. But he had some basic boundaries in place already. Like, hey, we don't hurt other people intentionally, right? We don't pick up a stick and wallop them until they're bleeding and laying in, in on the sidewalk, right? There, there's a boundary there. And it's it's important to have something in place, even if we start with like the basics, like, hey, don't lie. Yeah. You know, tell me the truth. And when I mean the truth, I mean the whole truth. So if you come home and tell me X and then your teacher or your whoever writes and tells me Y, then I'm not going to understand why you didn't tell me all the other details, right? Yeah. And we have this again to go back to it. Integrity provides the boundary for our curiosity, because as a parent, you can't always be there when the child's going to be curious and they're going to have to have something inside that kind of self-regulates that. Right. And I can tell you, as the kids get older, those, that curiosity really takes on larger uh, social consequences, not just personal ones, but social ones. You know, when they start, you know, exploring, they're curious about their sexuality or they're curious about, um illegal substances hey what is it like if you smoke weed or what is it like if i smoke this cigarette or what is it like if i get drunk and and, and whatever those have greater social consequences uh, in addition to personal consequences and if they don't have something in place already they're going to really struggle and we talked about this before in terms of parenting we've seen parents that say my child needs to learn from the school of hard knocks and that, to me, that basically says, look, I'm not going to try to put any boundaries in place. My kid's just going to go out there and go and go and go with their curiosity until they get hurt. And then hopefully, hopefully, they realize that if they get hurt, that's a bad thing, and then pull back, and then I'll have a boundary. We know for a fact that in human nature, that doesn't work. That doesn't work. Those people just keep getting curiouser and curiouser and curiouser until they've done so much damage that they, yeah. they can't even come back from, they can't identify a boundary. So this yeah. is what we talk about. And what and we have the other side, the parents right. that want to instill hard, solid, 25-foot concrete wall, you know, integrity boundaries. And the kids' curiosity is stifled so much that they're, they're fearful they can't get out there. Right. Like, I, I think about that from, okay, so l- let's talk for a second about, about sexuality, uh, because I think it's important. I for me, I want my child to be happy first and foremost with the choices they make in life and to feel true to the choices they make. If the choices they make are not hurting somebody else and the choices they make are not hurting them, then I think they get to make whatever choices they should for themselves. I think that that at the heart of it is at the heart of integrity. It's really right. about the boundaries of hurt or be hurt. Mm-hmm. And so when I think about it, you know, he may make different choices. My son may make very different choices than I would make for myself. But again, I go back to that whole, well, you know what? Those are his choices to make. As long as he's pr- utilizing safety in his integrity, then that's fine. But the interesting thing is that sometimes integrity means you are going to make a choice that someone else is going to disagree with. And maybe you respect that person, but you're going to have to walk away from them for your integrity's sake. Right. And same thing for on their side. Let's say 
um, you know, we were talking about this earlier and, and I, I love examples. So let's say you've got a really, um, you fallen in love with a particular, um, sports team, you know, you're, mm-hmm. it was ingrained in you from your grandparents, your, your parents, et cetera. And you guys are all gung ho for that team. And then one day out comes the news that that team did something really awful to another human being. Um, trigger warning. I'm going to go there. People, um, they assaulted someone mm. all together as a team and it, the truth comes to light and that comes out and you start making excuses. You're like, but you know, they're so great. And they're usually, they do all this charity work and they do this and they do that. And you start coming up with ways to, to give them excuses for their actions. You degrade your own integrity in that moment because would you do that thing? Would you assault another person? No, you wouldn't. But here's somebody else who's that you look up to that's done something terrible. And, you know, there's hard evidence. They've done it. it, This is the truth. What I find to be amazing about integrity is it it can be degraded. Mm -hmm. And we have to do self-checks to see, are we ensuring we're behind this person solely because of the the time and value and energy we invested in them mm-hmm. or are we true being staying true to our integrity and sometimes those things don't align and unfortunately we have to come to the hard truth of the fact that we are looking at somebody who you know what we would not take those same actions and therefore maybe we need to take a step away from that person but we feel shame in that moment because we are like, oh, I feel ashamed for having supported. And we double down on that support because we feel like, well, we have nowhere else to turn and other people are going to shame us. So this is one thing as a parent that I say is so important. And it even goes back to my example with my son. I did not shame him in that moment. I didn't judge him. Mm-hmm. One thing I can tell you is kids will not be truthful with you. They will not come to you if you judge them or shame them in that moment. So let's say they crossed a boundary. Let's say you've always told them, don't drink and drive. Don't, you know, don't do drugs and stuff like this. And then they did choose to explore and be curious and and do that thing. And they did a bad thing as a result. If you shame them in that moment, I'm not saying that you're going to take away your own integrity by saying like, oh, I'll support you through this. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that. If, if Connor chooses to drink and he's underage, my first thing to him is always going to be, if you get into a situation where you do that thing, call me. I will not judge you and I will not shame you. I would rather you call me and ask me to pick you up. And, and I'm going to call out my sister for this. And I think she'll be okay with this. I hope. <laughs> I hope so. Because her kids knew this so well about her and her husband. They said your safety and other human beings' safety is the primary importance here. So if you do drinking underage, I'd rather you call me to have me come and pick you up. So there was a moment that happened with her kids where this happened. And one of her children told her friends, please call my mom. Like her, one of her other friends got violently sick because they chose to drink and stuff. And as a result, they were in a bad, precarious situation. And she turned to her friends and said, call my mom, have her pick me up. And her friends were like, are you crazy? Why would we call your mother? That's insane. You're going to get in so much trouble. 
But my niece knew that it was more important that they get the situations that everybody's health and safety were the primary focus here, regardless of the bad choices they chose to make. And as a result, they called my sister, she came and she got them and it was okay. You know, and they took care of the the circumstances. Afterwards, they talked about, (laughs) you know, that. And as a result though, that so when you talk about parents who choose to let their kids do the things and take the consequences i will say this my mom said to me i'd rather if you were choosing making poor choices that you still come to me after you've made that poor choice before you make a a detrimental choice that could harm you or somebody else right drinking underage is a bad thing yes but getting into a car and driving while drunk or getting into a car with somebody else who's driving while drunk because there's nobody else to call in that circumstance, that's a, a potentially deadly choice right. for you yeah, or think, somebody else. Absolutely. And I think we clearly understand that when we make poor choices, it most often leads to even worse choices if we just keep going. Yes. So you almost need this kind of interrupter, this, this uh, circuit breaker, if you will, uh, to, 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 try to stop at some points you don't you know you drink when you're underage okay you get in the car after you drink when you're underage you kill somebody in that car there's this descent this cascade of of worse and worse choices that if it got interrupted at a certain point that perhaps we could say okay take a breath that was not the best choice you know no shame and i really do believe in my experience that to your point about shame, that shame really disintegrates our ability to build our integrity. Yes. Because I feel, I've experienced, and I think I've, I've heard this from my adult kids, that the only real reaction you can have to shame is defend yourself. Mm. When you get shamed for something, the only thing you can do is, is to, re- one or two reactions, defend yourself you come out fighting or your whole idea your whole self-concept of you know loving yourself and and being a a good person gets shattered right Right. so either you internalize it and believe that shame or you fight back against it there's really i can't think of another way of reacting to shame besides those two and both of them will take your your ability to build nice integral walls around your choices and just disintegrate it. It just, it just goes away. You don't have that ability anymore. And if we need as parents, we need to understand that our own reactions to our own consequences from our own choices inform how we feel about integrity, right? If I had an experience as a younger, younger man um, with a woman that was was negative, then I'm probably going to be a little bit more permissive of my sons treating women the same way. Because how would I say like, well, okay, yeah, it was negative when I did it, you know, um, but you guys shouldn't do that, right? It's the, the standard, and we see this in parenting, right? Right. Should I tell my children that I smoked weed when I was young? Should I let them smoke weed? Should I, you know, whatever, whatever this it gets really, really complicated the older they get because there's so much more out there. It's not just playing in the rain and, and all these, you know, you know, yeah. relatively, relatively inconsequential things that they can do when they're younger. And it's a, 
then this, this is, this is such a known thing. It's a do as I say, not what I do or what I did. Right. Often. And, often. and that saying is there because we had experiences that taught us something. So when we are telling our children something, it's because we had those experiences. Right. So I say, don't double down on that, but rather explain what you learned from the poor choices you made. That's the and missing I, piece. Yeah. And I think that parents are afraid to do that because they're afraid that their kids will then judge them and, and be like, well, but I don't understand. You did it. So why can't I do it? Right. Mm-hmm. And you want it, you want to give yourself a moment of being able to be vulnerable with your kids to tell them, well, here's why, because it didn't turn out good because this is what happened to me. And because this is how I felt about that thing that I did. And it felt awful. And I love you. And I never want you to have to feel that same, same shame and, right. and pain and awfulness. It is horrible mm-hmm. now, you know, and that's where the empathy comes into play too. And this is something we can harken back on. We, we've talked about empathy and I think it's really important to recognize that still people aren't always going to understand what I, I saw one day, a graph and it showed that people, how, how people, humans learn the most. And at the lowest end was learning through, um, learn, learning, just basically text learning. Right. And then learning through practice, like taking the the knowledge that you've gleaned from text mm-hmm. learning or book learning and putting it into practice, practicing it in a circumstance where you're completely safe. And then the third thing on that graph was learning through the experiences of others, Mm -hmm. because that's where the empathy starts to come in, because now you have, especially if it's a learning from others you love, right? If, Mm -hmm. if you have care, if you care about somebody else, you're going to learn, okay, well, you know what, when I was living in Pennsylvania, a dear friend of mine died because she was texting while driving Mm -hmm. and she turned a corner and it was, it was slippery roads. It was snow and she died. Mm. She died because she was texting someone while she was driving. So I think about that moment when I'm going to look at my phone in the car and I'm like, it, you know, and sometimes I forget about that moment and I stupidly look at my phone and then I get reminded by some, by something coming up again. Right. And then I'm like, no, 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 don't touch my phone. Right. And then the last and final and most effective thing is learning through your own personal experience. Mm -hmm. But what we say as parents is if you can, if you've developed a really healthy, non-judgmental, non-shaming attitude with your kids, your kids will learn best from you and your experiences because you're going to give it to them in an empathetic manner where you are giving them how you felt about what occurred for you, not just telling them something that you did or something that happened to you, but really helping them emotionally connect to the experience you had. And that is so pivotal to them being able to say, yeah, I don't want to do that. It is. It is. And I think that in my own experience, I don't know where my kids, my older kids are with this, but in my own experience, nothing triggers rethinking the negative consequences of my choices than hearing or watching or seeing my kids make choices to do negative things. Right. And let's just say it. The biggest domain 
that this comes out and I believe is in sexuality. Yes. It's, it is. So, you know, everybody has unique experiences growing up and different experiences, you know, as an adult, as a parent, nothing will bring those back to mind quicker than watching your kids do something that you either experience yourself as a negative consequence Yep. Or that you, even if you didn't experience it, somebody you know did, and you just know that that's, that's not going to turn out well, right? Yeah. Um, whether it's a kid learning to, you know, pleasure themselves or whatever. And you know, mm-hmm. we get a lot of domain here, you know, let's tiptoe into it. But okay. we know that pornography is a huge, huge factor for, especially for our young males, but not just, it's also for our young ladies too, right? Yeah. And as they're, in in that domain, in a very vulnerable part of their life, as a parent, it can be really, really difficult, if not damn near impossible, to yeah. walk with them and to do what you're suggesting if you have not processed this for yourself. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if you're carrying shame, you're probably going to turn around and shame them. Absolutely. Without even thinking about it, without not intentionally. We don't want intentionally. It's just the natural thing that we have, right? So the ability, again, we've talked about this in prior episodes. Yeah. Processing your own experiences, your own choices, your own level of integrity as a parent is critical if you're going to turn around and do this in a healthy way with your kids. Yeah. Right? Oh, God, yeah. And to your prior point, I I want to say this about we experience this on the personal, but we also experience this in a tribal level. Mm. Right. Yes. Thank um, you for bringing that up. Back to your back to your sports analogy, uh, and I'm just going to say it. You know, I was a huge fan of Tiger Woods. Okay, mm. I kind of still am. I think he's accomplished some amazing things. I think his career was amazing. And then when it came out about his personal activity, it really forced me into this conversation of well. Mm, how much of a fan am I still, you know? Okay. So, you know, so while I might've been wildly enthusiastic before, maybe I just clapped a little bit less, you know, <laughs> but, it, but it's, it's, it's a tribal piece. It's, it's a part of my, you know, when I, my sports teams, yeah. the people I support, the, the organizations, I, and we see it in organizations, you know, some organization comes out and they've done some really stupid stuff. Right. And you've been a supporter of theirs. How do you react to it? Well, if they're part of your domain, you're going to feel some things as if it were you. Yes, right? that's true. It doesn't that's have true. to happen directly to you to have some kind of an impact. As long as it's in your domain, it could have an impact. Um, so I want to say this is yeah. really important. Going back to this tribalistic attitude, because unfortunately in the current landscape that we're in, we are more tribalistic than ever. And I think as a result, we've also cut ourselves off from the people, from some people we previously loved and, you know, previously had relationships with all in support of our tribe that we've developed. And as a result, some of us have become extremely isolated, um, you know, and not me, but (laughs) I'm saying like some of people I know ended up becoming extremely isolated because other people chose to walk away from them and shame them for the choices that they're making. Mm -hmm. And wouldn't it be an amazing thing if we could just check the shame for a moment, because we really want to reach out to that person again and say, you know what? I know you're a good person and you've done great things. And the choices you're making now are not in the highest of integrity because you are choosing to support 
other people out there that are not healthy for us as human beings. And I want to help. I don't want to shame you for the choices you've made over these last mm-hmm. years, m- supporting people that are not really in our best interest as a human species, as, as people, as in our evolution, as, um, you know, in the best of our world and for our progress. And I want to know, I want you to know that I don't shame you for the choices you've made or the mistakes you've chosen or the, you know, the voting patterns you've placed or whatever it is. I want you to know. We're not going into that. No, we're not going there. But I want you to know that um, there's no shame in the choices you've made. You've made these choices. And what do you want to do from here forward? Yeah. And again, maybe that'll change something. Maybe that'll change something in the way that they do. They double down, triple down, quadruple down on the choices that they're making that aren't in everybody's best interests. I don't know. We don't know, but we do, we do know there is research out there that shows, you know, um, in particular related to voting patterns, but I think in human behavior in general, um, when you call out somebody else's behavior, they typically don't change because they often react the opposite and dig in more, right? We know this for a fact. And I think part of our struggle uh, to, again, to look at this through the lens of integrity is that I am really willing and excited about calling you out when your integrity sucks. I don't want to hear a darn thing about what you have to say about my integrity. Right. It's said that like, I, I can, I can, I, I can dish it out, mm-hmm. but I can't take it. And I think in that moment, it's, it's an opportunity for growth and it is yeah. difficult to say, I need to grow here. I need to become better at this. And if yeah. I, the only way for me to come better at this is to hear the critiques or the comments of others. And, and trust me, anybody, <laughs> That, yeah. that follows me on social media knows that this, this is my personal struggle right now. Right. Uh, and my That's kids awesome. will say this. They're like, dad, you know, did you think about, you know, whatever, whatever, but <laughs> no, I'm right. You know, <laughs> but I have no problem reversing that and aiming that at other people. It's like, Oh, did you, God, did you, did you know that your integrity really is, is, is in the toilet here? <laughs> like, yeah. and maybe it is. It's not that it's a factual or a a true or false statement I'm making. It's about that I'm making it about them and I'm not willing to receive it back into my own life. Right. Yes. Um, Again, Going back to integrity, if we're going to get better, Mm -hmm. if we're going to make our integrity stronger, we have to listen to sometimes the gentle corrections and sometimes the two by fours that come right upside the head. Yep. Because if we don't, we're going to be stuck. And the more we're stuck, the more we grind in. Yeah. And the more we grind in, the more we won't change. It's just this vicious negative cycle. Yes. And, oh, and we God, get entrenched. Yeah. And, and everybody, not only do we have tribes, but now we've got tribes with you know all these deep trenches and moats and everything and walls built around them. And there's no way to <sighs> reach and they don't feel like they can cross over because again, they feel like they're just going to be shamed. So here's the thing. And this especially comes from, from to, to pack this back into a parenting perspective. If your child comes to you and tells you they lied about something, mm-hmm. they did something wrong. If, if you have a friend, if your adult child comes to you, if your adult spouse, whoever it may be, 
But from a parenting perspective, let's say it's your child. And if you can apply this to other human beings, please try to do so. If somebody comes to you and they say, I made a bad choice. I did a bad thing. I made, I lied. I, I feel horrible. They're already feel when they wake up to that realization, their self-integrity is already in the toilet. Why bother putting it even further into the toilet? Let's help them rebuild their integrity. Let's help them rebuild their boundaries. Let's help them when they're asking for help. If somebody is reaching out, don't say, I told you so. And as a parent, never say, I told you so, please. If I, if I got a tattoo, you know, when, when I got my first tattoo, the only Mm. thing I, my mom said when she found out is what are you going to tell your grandchildren? (laughs) We had this funny conversation about that, but I'll tell you this. She didn't make me feel ashamed for the choice I made. She understood it was my place to make that choice for myself. That's it's so important. And here's a phrase that I've started to use perhaps a little bit too late in life. Um, Probably started this when the kids were around high school, when grades started to be a factor in their life. And I don't care about grades as an educator. I could care less. I think they're, they really don't reflect a lot. So I always held grades very lightly, except I know the world values them. Anyway, my point was they would come home and whether they got a good grade or a not good grade, my question was, so what did you learn from that? Mm. Wasn't about, I told you so, or I never, you know, I never said, well, yeah, if you've done your homework, you know, I told you, if you just turned in that assignment, it wasn't about that. It was like, what did you, and it, it just redirected back to them to reflect on, because even if they got an A, yeah, or you can get an A for almost doing nothing anymore. Mm-hmm. You can get an A and not learn a darn thing. That's true. So the question is really wasn't about the grades or really wasn't about the experience in general, whatever it was, it was about, so what did you learn from that? Mm-hmm. And it was a little bit less um, confrontational. I love that. I love that. So, so what did you learn from that? Mm-hmm. I, I think that's a wonderful takeaway. And on that mm-hmm. note, Robert and I are going to say go- goodbye. Good luck. Happy parenting people. And May the evolution of your parenting skills be ever in your favor. Always.